You know, we started this podcast because so many black belts and green belts, what I was finding is they get out of their training, they're really overwhelmed with the information, and they're just kind of like left a little bit empty, wondering, okay, what's next? Chances are many organizations that have just started the program don't have that flexibility or luxury of having a mentor kind of reinforces or gives some, how do you say, confirmation to, hey, what I'm hearing or what I'm doing actually makes sense, or this is what I'm struggling with, and that's common, so that's fine. So that's why you and I are here each week to be their regular coaches. So we're going to continue to support all of you guys who are listening so long as you continue to support us. We really appreciate you joining us on our journey. Tell your friends and colleagues all about us. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review to help us reach more Lean Six Sigma and quality professionals. You can search for eSuccess Methods Podcast in the search field on iTunes, or you can find us under the business and career section. And uh, by all means, keep listening. We have lots more coming. And if you ever have feedback or ever have some comments or even if you need a quick coaching tip, feel free to reach out on our website, eSuccessMethods.com. Welcome to the eSuccess Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 165, we continue our Sweet 16 debate over the 2009 i6 Sigma article, 16 Smart Tips for Successful Black Belts. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast table of contents at esuccess-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Okay. Let's go to the next section. All right. Ensuring successful team meetings. Tip number eight, extend a formal invite. And I think this is for the rest of the team, not just for the gym. I think this is where it's more about... Uh, oh, this is actually project review meetings. This is not necessarily about team meetings. This is about making sure when you are getting the stakeholders and the team together, along with the champion, uh, how can you have a successful team meeting? Okay, I read it as a team. It, it, yeah, it's a team meeting, right? Yeah, but I'm looking at, see, frequent cancellation of project review meetings. And I well, think it's, made, hmm. look at the, like, that's what he's considering a team meeting. And I think it's, again, something that involves the champion. So do you think, think this is a project team or this is the uh, the the champions team, de- departmental team? I'm thinking this is more of the stakeholder team on who are the support members for this project mm-hmm. and how are the reviews going along with them. So okay. how are you keeping the engagement of the project still high with the stakeholders and the, right. and the champion in play? So, I mean, but as I read the tip, it says, you know, uh, help avoid cancellation of scheduled meetings verbally and assume they will happen. Always send formal meeting invitations to project participants. Okay, so this is totally. a team meeting. But then um, he says... Go ahead. And I, and this is part where I, I completely lose it. I'm like, for green belt projects, the green belt should do the inviting. And for black belt projects, the champion should send out the invites. Though the black belt can offer the draft to draft the emails. So maybe it is... I think it's, this is a combination of it all. But yeah, you're right. This is more, I'm guessing, it is the... I don't know if it's project review or regular team meetings, but either way, I don't think I've ever seen a champion. I mean, I've seen champion schedule meetings when things are not going forward and they have to they have to push the agenda when they're really engaged. I've seen that happen, right. but I don't think the regular team meetings are something that they even schedule. So yeah, I mean, I, I my my question was like, I was like, why? You know, it, yeah. it, it, there's one assumption here is it seems to be based on an assumption that black belts have no credibility in these areas that they're so detached. Uh, unlike green belts, like green belt can call a meeting because they have credibility because they're attached to the organization, whereas a black belt can't. So 
I guess in that case, uh, you know, a champion can help kick off maybe the first two or three meetings. But after that, black belts on their own without the interference of the champion as far as Mm -hmm. running a team is concerned. And frankly, the way the rest of the stakeholders should be managed. Totally agree. Okay. How, How about the next one? Well, I didn't have any notes on this. Uh, just it says forego the confirmation, which is yeah. Don't bother to tell them that the meeting's gonna happen. Just show up and make sure they show up too, or 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 hope they show up too. That's basically what he said. Yeah, and it's and the scary part is if you go to the meeting on time and it gets canceled, the offending party has a moral obligation to provide an alternative slot as soon as possible. But I'm these are I'm guessing these are not usually one-on-one meetings no. because again this is under the team meeting so I don't know if the moral obligation of one individual versus four others who are on the project team or five others or six others on the project team is going to find that alternative slot. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean if if you're going to yeah, right, good point. If you're going to if this were a tip for how to be good team members, you can say it's your moral moral obligation to tell the black belt that you can't make it and allow them a time to reschedule with you know most of the team members. But that's not what this is. This is telling the black belt sit around and wait, uh, and and they better tell you if they're not going to make it or not. The the problem is, your moral ob- moral obligation or not, the black belt has a business obligation to move this project forward, no matter what the team members quote, moral obligation is. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, black belts going to be measured, are you delivering or not? And uh, the team members are going to be measured by something completely different that are, you know, operational KPIs usually that, that frankly, usually a project, a black belt project is competing with yep. in a lot of ways. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. So it's more like don't even look who's coming, who's accepted or declined to show up to the meeting from the time you – I don't agree. There is nothing wrong with sending out, hey, just a reminder, we have this meeting today. Frankly, that's what you want to do so that you guys don't all show up and – or so you don't show up and have nobody else show up because those meetings suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's harder. It's harder to come back from a meeting that nobody shows up at than it is to send out a reminder uh, to let people – to give people a chance to cancel on you because they weren't going to come anyway. Yep. All right. The next tip I am completely in support of is – in the case of publish the attendee list. So whenever you write a meeting minute or whenever you complete the meeting and you want to share the notes with the champion or whoever it is, you know, just say, hey, these are the four people that made it and these are the two people that make it. <laughs> you know, highlight that um, over and over again and eventually somebody's going to notice and ask the question to those two people or it becomes very clear those two people are not interested and somebody else can take action on that without you having to personally call somebody out. I really like that tip. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just the facts. Like, here's who I invited, here's who attended, and usually it's enough for the people who didn't attend to notice that their name is on the on the bad, <laughs> on the, bad on the list on the absent list, you know, or yeah. or whatever. I, I don't usually call them out directly as absent, but you know, if there's a check mark missing from their name, uh, that's yeah. pretty that's pretty clear. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I agree with this as well. So long as it doesn't impact the next one of building relationships. Yes. And I was confused. Maybe you have a better thought on this. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, building relationships make sense. And it sounds like it's building relationships with the team. Is that what you read here? Well, you know, I, th- I still think that it was talking, went back to the champion. So tip number 11 is make it personal. And, 
and the writer says, you know, start balancing emails with face-to-face and phone calls. Basically, he doesn't want the champion communication to be just on this passive medium of emails and to do some proactive communications yeah. face-to-face and phone calls. Yeah, and you know, I would probably change that a little bit, and I think it'll be more of make sure the champion is engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, more than more than just giving the champion the updates. I think you want the champion to be present in some of your meetings, or to be actively providing, or at least reaching out to some of the other team members and keeping them motivated or engaged. Um, I think that's something I expect the champion to do. Right. So. I don't think it should be just offline saying, hey, I give you the vision. Now you go, all of you figure out the answer and execute. Don't bother me besides giving me updates. <laughs> I don't think that should be the, the, the modus operandi. Right. I, you know, yes. So definitely have to maintain a regular personal relationship with the champion. As far as the other stakeholders are concerned, it depends on how critical they are and how they want to receive information. If you have, if you have a stakeholder and you're just like, uh, you know, I go through all my emails, just give me a summary each week. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, then that's how they want to get their information. If that's the best way, then then for that particular stakeholder, use that way. I mean, I guess you have to f- do some other sort of follow-up to make sure they that they are actually reading them. But uh, otherwise, if that's the medium they like, give them that medium because that's what they want. And that's the best mm-hmm. way to communicate with somebody is the way they want to be communicated with. Yeah, but- Oh, this is your favorite. Oh wait, no, I'm looking at the wrong. I'm looking at the wrong one. Okay. Uh, so now we're, now we're keeping projects on track. Tip number twelve: draw attention to delays. And I think it is more of you know highlighting timelines. So you have your proposed timeline, mm-hmm. and when when it, when things are deviating from the proposed timeline, you know make sure that everybody recognizes that because it keeps the intensity or keeps the attention on the project and it makes everybody realize that we made a commitment and we need to figure a way to get out mm-hmm. in front of it. So I I wasn't too too against it. Yeah. You know what I wasn't really for is is uh the I'm all for the transparency. You just got to be upfront and honest about uh if there's any delays or anything. But there's a an insinuation here that, you know, if you call attention to the delays, then management is going to jump to the rescue and they're going to make sure that no delays happen. So there's a huge assumption under here. One is the assumption that there's something wrong with the team members and that's why you're delayed. And uh, I guess, and that the management is going to spring into action. But in my experience, management is going to look at you and say, you're the project manager, right? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) What's what's your plan to take care of this? (laughs) So, so, I mean, I I think of it in two different ways. So in that aspect, yes, but at the same time, it's your way to highlight, Hey, and you know, at the end of the day, what you're doing with your timelines, it's still an estimation. Exactly. This is what typically takes. So if you start seeing that you are behind the curve, now this is the time where you and the team can decide, or you can go to the management team and say, Hey, Based on our assumptions, this is what we are thinking, but we need a lot more dedicated time on this. Are you folks okay with us spending that much effort on this? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're dealing with some great unknowns. I mean, that's just the yeah. nature of the beast. Yeah you, yeah, you tried to hit your timeline, but that was a very, very uh, guess. it's just a guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I think it. But I think the point is, you know, if you are totally far off, and if this still is critical or impactful for the business that you need to start making impact, then it comes to a decision. Well. I was 
planning on a 20% time commitment to this, but looks like all of us have to make a 50% time commitment, which will make other things suffer that we are yeah. signed up for on our day-to-day work. Yep. Management, are you okay with us spending that effort? Good point. I think from that angle, yes, this is this is helpful. But from the point you mentioned that management is going to find the answer for it, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I've... I don't remember exactly what it was that pissed my manager off, but he looks at me and goes... What am I paying you for? (laughs) (laughs) So, you are listening to E6S Methods Podcast brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. Hey, Jacob, you remember when you used to work for me? Sure. Do you happen to remember how much money you were making back then? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Yeah. And how much more you're making right now? I can do the math. And uh, how about that development plan that you and I put together during that time? Definitely gave me some perspective and gave me some direction on what I need to focus on. I found that useful. So far, I have a 100% promotion success rate for those people who are willing to work hard and were willing to work with me to create a customized career development plan, the E6S Pro Career Program. Three different levels, promotion and pathfinding level, which is career planning, customized improvement plans, resume refinement, and interview preparation. The next level down is targeted for those people who are they're just looking to prepare for their next move. And because it really does pain me to see unemployed professionals, I am offering a level called Help Quick, a free one-time resume review and revision for those who are unemployed and in the Lean Six Sigma quality, engineering, project management, or science fields. So for anybody who wants more details and information, these can be found at www.e6s-methods.com slash procareer. And if you're serious about career advancement, contact me through the website. You'll be glad you did. I can watch for that. All right. Uh, tip number 13, show the money. What do you think, Jacob? Show the money for me is something that happens at the end of the project. Uh, even maybe to kick off to highlight the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. But throughout the life cycle of the project, I don't know how I can and how I, I don't know if that should be the, the motivating factor behind it. Yeah, so there's so many schools of thought on this, and and I know, you know, we, we were both taught by a man says, you know, the minute we stop showing the money is the minute this whole program goes away. Yeah, and I, I've seen the dark side of showing the money. I really have. Yeah. It's it's uh, sparks a lot of disbelief. Not only does it sparks fear, and and because money means jobs, uh, mm-hmm. and there, that's a huge threat. Um, well. So. When you're talking about a Kaizen or a true lean activity, if you're going to follow a Toyota model, it's it doesn't get done that way. Yeah, and you know, I I know we've both been scarred with money equates to people. Right. Uh, thankfully, in my current role and in a couple of folks I've talked to, money can be a lot of different things in the case of cost avoidance or being able to handle more volume without hiring more people. Right. So I've been able to I've been lucky enough to be involved in a lot of projects that way also. So, you know, my scar tissues are healing a little bit, <laughs> if, if that is something that can happen. Uh, but yes, I still don't think that should be the driver for why things are being progressed. Well, what about when you show the money and then you really can't back it up? Like it's soft savings, it's, it's, it's not traceable to the P&L, it, it, you... Yeah. Or or one other or another department has has also taken credit for that because they helped yeah. work on it too. So yeah. it 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 shoots holes in your credibility <laughs> as an organization yeah. as well. Totally, totally. And the last one in this section, 
know when to say no. Mm-hmm. And again, the concept here is as a black belt, if you're coaching a green belt or somebody else and you've been asked to recalibrate the project goal or the project plan, do not agree to it. Now, I thought it was just talking about schedule. Let me double check here. Maybe it's just a schedule. It's just delay. Yeah, Sorry. he was just he he just said the timeline, but yeah, yeah. But go ahead. I mean, I mean, I I'm, I'm extrapolating it to say you know even anything, right? Be comfortable saying no, and I, you know this comes down to the same thing. I don't know why if I am the black belt, why I should be saying no to the timeline when a champion should be the person saying yes or no to that. Uh, I think I can give my guidance on it is not recommended to do that, but beyond that, at the end of the day, it's the champion who has to say yes or no to that. I don't well, know why it, me as a black belt can. Yeah, and this one again, they they went back to if you're basically in charge of coaching a green belt because it was talking more about a green belt uh, t- trying to change their timeline, and they they said, hey, make it cumbersome and make it really hard for them to change their their timeline. And uh, I, I, there are times to say no, and it's usually when you're you're over overloaded. Everybody should at some point in their life be able to say no to like a, you know, a, a meeting taking place at night after they've already gone home from work, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Um, but, uh, I'll be honest, I've had plenty of late night meetings and, uh, I didn't say no to them. I just had a, you know, a bottle of bourbon next to me during that meeting. And, uh, I wasn't always coherent, but you know, anyway, so anyway, follow this, uh, just on the timeline thing, you know, I, I do follow manager tools and it's, uh, they talk about, so they have a podcast. I've probably talked about it before, but they talk yeah. about, you know, for project updates, if a project is late, it's only late once. You don't really get the benefit of continued added pressure. If it's, uh, every other time it's late, it's just more late, but the, the moment you allow it to be late. So they actually recommend you do update it. You do, you do update the, the next deliverable, due date and if they miss that they miss that and you keep updating it that way they have to essentially feel the feel the pain of missing these dates over and over and over again until they stop doing that uh, rather than you know it's 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 red now we're we're still red and then the i don't know the sense of urgency just kind of goes away if you let that fester yep so and and i actually you know i guess bureaucracy has its place but i don't think I'm just maybe I'm just soured to it, but change management for a project. This is not where I want the bureaucracy on the on the timeline for a green belt project. Mm. Exactly, I was just going to say, even especially for a green belt project. You'd be lucky if a green belt project gets done. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, maybe maybe ten years ago it was a different story. (laughs) Yeah, your standards are going down, Adam. Come on. I know I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Filling the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Search <laughs> for many problems. Tip number 15. This is again where I think the, the author was trying to say you have the black belt have to come up with the pipeline of projects. And I think the tip number 15 you said was search for as many problems as you can. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know if this is the black belt's issue, to be honest. You know, it, it's it's not. But it also mirrors my experience where the black belts are the ones. I mean, you you worked for me as a black belt. The ones who are uh, exposed to a lot of the dark, dark secrets that they find as they're digging through the data. But again, it's not supposed to be that way. It's really supposed to be 
uh, as much top down. And 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 frankly, any of the projects that you or the other black belts came up with, none of them got prioritized by the leadership because they didn't match the annual. Yeah. Um, the only, <laughs> yes, those projects they got done. They were great projects, but they were black ops. We did yeah. those without the knowledge of our leadership. Yes, <laughs> but, and they but, and they saw them and like, oh, cool. <laughs> so, so again, where where this throws me off in the tip is basically saying, you know, given that the project generation process by identifying a single problem, you don't successfully guarantee a good project. You want to make sure you uncover many leads for the same problem. Uh, is that how you read this? Many leads for the same problem? No, I don't think. Is, isn't that how you read this, though? So it, it's saying look for as many problems as you can. So it's it, within the same problem, right? No, no, within the business. So it's like uh, different problems, different areas. But identifying so that, a single so that one problem of them sticks. But think about it identifying a single problem doesn't guarantee you a successful project. Yeah, I think it's what it's saying is if you only find one problem, don't expect that to become your project. You can Got somebody it. might okay. say that that's not worthy. That's not you're a good candidate for a problem. Okay, so maybe find a my lot. Brain, my brain is maybe thinking differently. Okay, I can, I can, I'm okay with that. Well, it also goes and it actually flies against. It, it does fly in the face of modern, frankly, modern sales pipeline practices too. It's not really about volume. It's it's about volume in the right scope. You know, in the right yeah. places. So in it's, the right place at the right time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't expect the black belt again. A, a master black belt, yeah, who is well in tune with the champion committee, should be able yeah. to help with that. Uh, but I wouldn't think that the black belt would make that determination per se. Yeah. All right, and I know you got to go soon. So, tip number sixteen: know thy timeline. Again, I have no idea why and what this is about. Maybe you have a better scope on this. Well, here's what I wrote. I said, you know, the writer suggests that the his, using historical durations in work and process will estimate completion rate, which I, I think is capacity, which is how many projects they can get should done. Should you have or, in your pipeline? Yeah. Well, at most, they should flip this formula around so you can determine, hey – we're all full now. We can't take on any more projects. Uh, but he kind of he, he does it the opposite way. He says, um, "Yeah, we should be able to do you know finish five project or you know one project a month at this at this uh, at this Wait. rate." But I, I, I it's it's bogus. I, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I also even... wrote. I said it also suggests that knowing this as a metric would somehow motivate belts to perform better. So mm-hmm. I was like, where the hell did all these crappy belts come from? You know, this, yeah, know. Is, this is not the way to but, manage them. If you, if you want people to perform, you got to be a manager. And it, it says black belts are the reason for this low completion rate. And that's just, can't say that. But, you know, here's the, here's the other piece, right? You might have a huge project that you're working with as a black belt project and you can't put it in the average bucket column. What if the ones you are working on are like significantly going to save a chunk of money, but... You just can't say, well, I can do only two projects or I can do only 15 projects. Right. Right. It, it's just not that way. I, don't, I, can't, I can't expect it to be on that way. Yeah, if you, if you even say we're going to do an improvement project on, on the value stream for this particular product, that could easily turn into five projects. I mean, yeah, those, are, totally. those are big scope and they have to be broken down, but it, it may only look like one project totally, on yeah. the books. You know? There are some of these tips which I agree with. I think the author, if you're... If you ever happen to listen to this or if you are a listener, 
maybe you have changed your thoughts or maybe you want to defend why you think this is still <laughs> important enough and we'd be more than happy to listen to your thoughts. So, yeah, you know, just just as a, a, a caveat, and they did say, you know, for those in large organizations. So it's possible that he, he was dealing with an organization that's extremely bureaucratic with a black belt program that was very not non-integrated with the business. And it could have been early in the deployment. So who knows? But I mean, to me, it's, it gives the, if I look at it, there's an underlying context of almost still an uh, immature and adversarial uh, relationship between the improvement office and the champ and the leadership in the organization. Totally. Which I guess is realistic in, in some ways, but uh, maybe, maybe but, we're maturing. <laughs> no, but if that is truly the scenario, I don't think a lot of these tips are going to help, especially. I think, you're going, I think you're going to make it worse by maybe following some of these tips specifically. And so your that, tip was you're working in the wrong place. Yes. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Jacob? No, that's about it. Thanks for the time, Aaron. All right. Hey, thank, thanks everyone for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to episode 165 of the E-Success Methods podcast. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap, click, done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comment section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at esuccess-methods.com or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then clamor and share it. Don't forget, you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down.